1: Welcome to the Canon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, SB Nation's blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's Halloween week, and between a horrifying power play and some alarming injuries, things are looking a little scary in Columbus. We'll talk about the CBJ's point streak coming to an end, the power play, Silos outbursts, and the high-flying Cleveland Monsters. I am Ryan Real joining us for this episode. We've got Rachel Buells. Hi, Rachel.
2: Hey.
1: Good to have you aboard. We've got Eric Seeds. Hey, Seeds. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? Good. And we've got Elaine Shercliffe. Hi, Elaine. Hi, Ryan. Hi. All (laughs) right. Well, first off, it was announced today that Ryan Murray will miss the next three to four weeks with a broken hand suffered in Saturday's loss in Philadelphia. Alexandre Texier also suffered an injury in Saturday's loss, one of the knee variety that will keep him out two to four weeks. We have some guesses as to who will fill in, but these have been two important players over the first month.
3: This sounds... Not ideal, to say the very least. It especially sucks for Ryan Murray, uh, our $10 million glass man, who is, uh, <laughs> again, again subject to unfortunate injuries. I believe this is his second broken hand. He broke one a couple of years ago, if I'm remembering correctly. So that's not great. We're probably going to see either Dean Kukon or Scott Harrington draw in. Please, please be Dean Kukan. Hmm. You don't pay Harrington all that money to have him sit. Please, I hope we do. So then, um, yeah, the the loss of Texier is really concerning for me because um, he's, like, scored goals for this team, and I don't know where else we're going to get goal scoring from. So I can't really say I'm feeling too great of, about uh, all this injury news on top of all the other bad news we've got surrounding this team the last couple of days, so.
4: Well, I mean, we can depend on the defense to score.
3: Oh, no, we can't. <laughs> Not according to uh, The Athletic today who posted that uh, – Seth Jones has one power play or no power play goals in his last 88 regular season games. So we got that going for us.
1: That's bananas. And I
3: feel you feel bad for Murray, right? Like
1: it's not his fault. No, no. That is very unfortunate. And that just it's just rotten luck.
4: Right. Like his injuries have, for the most part, just been bad luck injuries. None of them have really been just weak, soft injuries. Like. You have to work hard to injure Ryan Murray. It just seems to be very common. <laughs> yeah, and he
1: played every shift. Like I looked at a shift chart; he didn't miss a shift in that game on Saturday. So I'm not quite sure when. I don't know if we know when it happened, but I mean, I, I and I watched. We we thought it might be a block shot, and I looked at all the blocked shots he he had, and nothing looked particularly nefarious. And a lot of them came in the first and second. So I don't know. I don't know, but uh, best of luck to him. Get well soon. And Alexander Texier, who, I mean, he's having such a promising start to his first real season that hopefully, you know, both of them suggested a max of four weeks. So hopefully it'll be sooner than, than that. But at least it's not, knock on wood, anything longer or worse than that.
2: Uh, For what it's worth, I was talking to Jeff yesterday, and he said that Texier, like right after the game, wasn't on crutches, didn't seem to be like in immense amounts of pain. So hopefully it's on the shorter end of that estimated time.
4: That's going to be be
3: nice. That makes Mm -hmm. me feel a lot better. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Thanks, yeah that's what I said. Uh-huh. Thank, thank, thank,
3: yeah. you for, thank you for playing group, uh, group therapist for us, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well,
1: it's only going to get better from here because the CBJ tallied points in six straight games, including last week, a pair of 4-3 overtime wins over Toronto and Carolina, both pretty good teams. The streak was snapped in a 7-4 to meltdown in Philadelphia. Rachel, you had the high honor of recapping that game. You oh, to watch it wasn't
2: a high games. honor. It stressed <laughs> me out. I think that's when I started growing gray hairs.
1: <laughs>
2: I was unwell Watch it because I was like, Hype! I'm like, oh my god, this game is going so great. Everyone's looking so good. Like Josh Anderson broke out in the third period, like scored a goal, looked awesome. And then like I don't even know where it derailed. It just, I'm like, am I watching the same game that I've been watching for the previous two and a half periods? I was so confused. So yeah, anyways, yeah, it was rough. Yeah, it was very,
4: it was very shocking. It was, I almost turned it off, but then I was like, well, how bad could it get? And, <laughs> <laughs> and it got bad. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I was uh, I was in Michigan this past weekend and we were watch- my my buddy and I, we were watching the Michigan, Michigan Notre Dame game, also a brutal beat down. <laughs> and we were streaming the Jackets game on my iPad and it just like every time we looked at it like, oh, Philly scored again. Oh, they scored again. Like it's like it was a complete and utter capitulation down the stretch there. And it was like. It wasn't just like Corpus Allo letting in some goals. It was like mm-hmm. guys forgetting basic hockey plays like Seth Jones. I don't know if I've seen him play a worse game in a Blue Jacket sweater since he got traded here. He looked awful in the third period that night. It was just from every from the head coach on down through issues, decisions, the power play, which I'm sure we'll get into. Everything was on full display for, on the bad side on um, Saturday
4: night. Well, you would think they had such a a decent lead and you would think that once they got close to tying it up, that maybe they would have had some sort of like, I don't know, light under their butts to actually get something done. And I feel like after the tying goal, they kind of, I don't want to say gave up, but I feel like they mailed it in.
3: There was no chance they were winning that game once Philly tied it. Just no chance. I didn't feel like it at all.
1: I will say and this is me being me. I had missed a little bit how angry I got at this team. Like this was a good old fashioned <laughs> classic blue jackets meltdown. And watching Flyers fans crow on Twitter and watching mm-hmm. Jonas Kopersalo get so mad and I like it was like Emperor Palpatine telling me to let the hate flow through me. Like I had honestly missed this. It was very familiar, and I'm not really being snarky because I was like, you know, with all of the stuff last year in the playoffs and the way they've been playing well over the last couple of years, I was like, this is this is the Jackets I grew up with. So that said, I don't want to see it anymore. Like, but it was like a familiar friend, a little bit.
4: Yeah. And, no, my dad. My dad was like, "We're back, baby."
3: <laughs> a little, uh, "Hello, darkness, my old friend." There moment. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it really
1: did. feel, And I was just like angry. Like I had to really restrain myself. I think if I were, if this were 2011 or 12, like the way I used to act on Twitter, it would have been really bad for me. Cause I think I really wanted to, especially with the Milano stuff, him getting his face cut open and, I, but I let it go and I folded some laundry and went to sleep. But it was not fun to watch, and especially as the hot topic is right now for Blue Jackets, it is the power play. That is what's on everybody's mind, whether it's firing Brad Larson or changing up the structure or changing up the players. It is way down to the bottom, of the, the, as is the penalty kill, but that's not a, a, such a concern right now, given how the Jackets gave up a shorthanded goal to lose Saturday's game. Seeds, you have a lot of thoughts on the power play.
3: Yeah, um, I wrote about it last week. Uh, For those of you who missed it, check that out at JacketsCannon.com. I wrote about our power play and how it's terrible and uh, how specifically it's time someone needs to answer for it. So I kind of called out Brad Larson in my article because
2: kind of for those
3: of you that missed it, the uh, the Jackets um, basically since the streak ended have been the single worst power play in the NHL with about a 15% conversion rate thereabouts. Um, they've scored a grand total of 91 goals. They scored four goals on the power play this season and given up three shorthanded goals. They were outshot four to two on the power play on Saturday night. Like, that's insanity. That is utter insanity. And Torts had some comments today that have been I've seen on Twitter and The Athletic where he would, kind of went to bat for uh, Brad Larson saying, you know, Larson's a good coach, the players play hard for him, you know, the power play doesn't just fall on Larson, it falls on the players, it falls on me. I mean, that's that's great to say, but when is someone going to start answering for it? You know, it's in, Torts has been asked about the power play in years past and always brushed it off saying, oh, I'm not talking about that, I'm not talking about that. Well, the time has come to start talking about it and you either start changing the players who are on it, start changing the structure, adding a second defenseman, to the top unit is a, a start. It's at least something different than what they've been doing before. But at this point, I don't fundamentally know how you fix it. You've got guys like Cam Atkinson was demoted. Uh I, I just, I don't know what to do here. Otherwise, Um, usually a coach is the scapegoat in s- sports situations like this, but it just seems like watching the power play. If you watch this team at five on five, they, they cycle the puck, they move, they rotate guys around into open spaces. And then on the power play, that all stops and they just become extremely static. And I don't fundamentally understand why that happens. And I like, it's, it, I don't know if it's a player thing, if it's a coach thing, if guys just go to where they're supposed to, where they're told to go in this system and just stay there. I, I don't get it. The, our power play is where creativity goes to die. They got to get Gagne back, right? That's the
4: short right. answer. Clearly. Right. I have some semi thoughts about the power play. It kind of, They all, my thoughts go together. I promise. First, um, I don't think we should fire Larson, but, you know, maybe move his role around a bit. (laughs) Maybe not be in charge of the power play. It doesn't matter if the players love playing for him. If they're not producing, they obviously need something new and something fresh. Because as they've said, they've tried lots of different combinations They've tried different people, they brought in Martin Saint Louis. It it's not working, so maybe they need that fresh start. I honestly have no clue. I mean, I'm not gonna call for firing a coach, especially when I don't know who would step in his place. <laughs>
3: didn't they didn't they flip Larson and Shaw for a hot minute a couple years ago? No, you were
1: right. It was actually last year. It was last year coaching for the defense.
3: Oh, okay. Yes. Well, maybe we can try them switching special teams roles now.
4: Maybe. Let's go for it. It, it can't because be worse. PK, because the PK is not good. So on my lunch today, um, I knew we were going to talk about this. So instead of eating, I did some research on our first 11 games.
1: You should eat, Elaine.
4: <laughs> well, I also took an extended lunch by accident. I really hope okay. my boss isn't <laughs> listening to this as well. <laughs> um <laughs> But, okay, so one game, we won in overtime and three we lost. And in the game on Thursday when we won, was that like four to three? Was that Yeah, four to three. It wouldn't have even gotten tied if we won the faceoff because JVR scored like almost right off the draw. So that alone is like faceoffs, important, important. We can't be, like, losing games based on that. But we won, so that was fine. Um, We played the Hawks. The Hawks scored a power play goal to tie the game. And then the Jackets just couldn't get it back. They just couldn't... They just couldn't score. They couldn't... But, right, but, like, the PK, like, what happened? Like, that. that's an issue. And then, in our Game 1 loss to Toronto... We had two power play goals scored against us. And if you stop those two goals from happening on the penalty kill, we would still be in it because it would be two to one. I mean, like it's, it's kind of telling. And then in our big loss to the Penguins, we only had one power play opportunity, but we lost seven to two. So while our power play isn't like the best, (laughs) there's obviously other things, (laughs) Right. But there's obviously other things his team needs to be working on. So in in my mind, yeah, we need to focus on the power play. But I think our penalty kill is actually losing us games. And I don't know what happened in that Pittsburgh game. I don't think anyone really does.
1: Yeah, no, that that's a good point. I I Because we can talk about Jonas Corposalo. A, a buddy of mine asked me, like, what do you think about him getting upset? And I was like, that was the last thing I was – concerned about mm-hmm. on Saturday night. Like that's yeah, not good to see, but like there, I had bigger issues, but I've been worried during this whole point streak that I think seeds, you made the point that points cover up some problems. And, and I mean, the Jaguars aren't winning games outright when they win them, you know, mm-hmm. four straight uh, overtime games. And I, I I'm a little, I, I've been leery. I mean, obviously I've been taking the points. That's great. Good, good to, good to get wins, good to get points, but, they're not blowing people out of the rink. And so that's not something you wanna like, I'm super worried about this because this, cause it doesn't sound good and it's not a good look, especially one month into the season.
4: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.
1: you know, it's time to take stock. And I've been looking at a lot of the advanced analytics and expected goals for, and in almost every advanced stat, the jackets are right in the middle. They're right in the middle. They're not fun. They're not dull. They're not bad. They're not good. They're just right there. So I can go around the room, but but Rachel, I'm curious to hear your perspective on, on like where the jackets are right now.
2: I don't know. I'm such an optimist and I just, like I, it made me sad to see Corpy so upset. But, like I totally understood and like I thought that um I don't know if you guys saw Brian tweeted about it like an hour before we started recording but he was like he knows what he did wrong you know I didn't even have to talk to him on the plane like da da I mean I I understand why he was frustrated so to to touch on on you mentioning that because I felt like I like wanted to cry like because I was just like I would be like I would be beating my head against the the post instead of my stick but <laughs> <laughs> he I don't know. I I think that they just have some I think that it's easy to be like, okay, yeah, their power play sucks. But I think that there are so many other elements that like, right, they need to to start tying together. And I don't think I think sometimes we see it click and then it's like, oh, it's awesome. Like, whatever, you know, they won this game or they scored this goal because they were supposed to. And it looked great and it all really gelled. But then obviously there are moments like even in just those 10 minutes in the last game like that's all it took for them to literally have a full scale meltdown and mm. um i don't know so i guess i'm just waiting for them to kind of just figure that out and it's hard when you have these interruptions you know these random injuries and court dates and you know whatever yeah, else right. are h- hanging over their heads but i just don't feel like they've had like and their schedules just been wonky i feel like to start the season like they haven't had normal i just feel like they've been back to back to back to back and then like had several days off and like i i just don't think that's like a good regular schedule for them to like really address some of these issues like with the time and energy that they need to to be addressed so that's my opinion
3: i would agree i would agree with that uh i've got a little two little things i want to say first of all i'm, I'm not mad about Jonas Corpusala's outburst at all because frankly i get it like we, we, you know, we're all competitive people. most of us have all played sports in our lives. You know we've, we've all had an outburst where you give up a goal or something happens and you just get frustrated on the, on the ice or on the court or something. It happens. I, I have no concerns with what Jonas Corpusala did because I'm sure he was just as frustrated as anyone else, and he, you know, that, that's, that's six, six goals against because one was an empty net, but I, I don't blame him. But Rachel, like you said, um, it seemed just struggles to put it together. Like and we've we've seen that for years under torts at this point. And I, I'm not trying to bash torts at all. It's just more of a franchise thing, I guess. We've seen it the the team struggle to really put things together and click in all three phases of the game, you know, offense, defense, special teams. Really for I mean like last year, we we talked all the time in the comments, in the Slack, on Twitter about how this team just had all the pieces but couldn't do it couldn't put it together. Mm -hmm. until they somehow did for three and two-thirds games against the Tampa Bay Lightning and blew the best team in hockey out of the water. And suddenly we're back to struggling to find a 60-minute, not I wouldn't even say effort, so much as 60 minutes of cohesion. And it's, it's just frustrating to see because we've all seen spurts where this team is really, really talented and has the horses to play with anyone in the league, but they just for some reason are lacking the ability to do it consistently
2: right I totally agree
4: yeah I um well my thoughts on Corbisalo are this I don't blame him for getting upset as I saw when he was with the monsters if he is beating himself up he's not slamming his stick on the post or on the ice he's like internally trying to fix it or internally like working on it, but when he feels like he is hung out to dry, when pucks are continually turned over, when he's having to go one-on-one constantly with the other team, and that's how they're scoring, he, that's when he gets upset. And so I saw that tweet that they put out like an hour before we did the podcast as well, and I almost felt like Torts was, I don't want to say like, he was... You could tell that he cares, but it it almost felt like he was shaming him into like, hey, you can't get this mad. But then what do you suggest he do in those situations? Like, he, he obviously can't control what his team's doing. And you want him to just sit there and be like, okay, well, my team let me down. And then in the process, like, I couldn't, like, stop that puck or, like, it was not on me. I don't know, like, that That didn't sit well with me reading those quotes. But also, this team is, this, maybe this team just thrives on close games or something. I don't know. Maybe. Right, like, because the, the 11 games we've played, eight of them were decided by one goal. The other three was uh, our loss against Toronto, which was three goals. Our loss against the Penguins was five. And then our loss against the uh, Flyers, which was three goals. So, like, if we feel like we're not in it or something, do we not play well? I I don't understand. I don't think that we have to, like, worry too much about anything. I just don't know where they're at. And I don't think they know where they're at.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing for me, like not having Bob and having Corpusella. has played well, okay, you know, to his standards. But there's not a world class goalie who can steal some of those one goal games that I feel, you know, like I, I so if that's going to be the MO this season, I, I'm not as super confident. And again, it's early. But Rachel, you make a good point about the schedule. Uh, this week, they have Edmonton. And then St. Louis and Calgary. After that, Vegas, Arizona, Colorado, Montreal, St. Louis, Montreal. Yeah, I mean, these, mm-hmm. <laughs> these are all, right now, playoff teams. Um, we're only a month of the season, but it's not going to get easier. So that's a little worrisome.
3: Yeah, yeah the uh, the skid, and they're catching a break with St. Louis on Friday. It was just announced today that Vladimir Tarasenko mm. had shoulder surgery mm-hmm. and is out for the next five months. I didn't see what exactly his injury was. It kind of makes me wonder if he's got something similar to what Z had a few years back but man i mean we're gonna find out we're gonna find out here real quick what this what this blue jackets team is made of and uh what exactly these players in the locker room believe not only about the team but about themselves you know there's a lot of guys on this roster right now who are kind of struggling to find an identity kind of struggling to find their way in this team um I'm really interested to see what uh, Jakob Lilia does when he gets back into the fe- into the uh, lineup because I assume he's coming back in. It's nice having Josh back, and like you guys mentioned, uh, getting him on the score sheet in the third period on Saturday was huge. That's that's got to be good for his confidence. But you know, we're gonna see we're gonna see what this team is made of. We need guys like Cam Atkinson still doesn't have five on five goal this season. Like we we re- this this team's not going anywhere if Cam Atkinson doesn't find a way to get going you know Gus Nyquist had that penalty shot to win the game uh a few days ago in Toronto the first one of those in Blue Jackets history which i had i must confess i don't think i'd ever seen an overtime penalty shot in my life before <laughs> so uh so that was that was kind of a neat novelty but we need Nike, we need Gus to get going and somehow find some chemistry uh with some guys we need Oliver Bjorkstrand to step it up here it's it's going to be some tough sledding against some really good teams here yeah, we're going to learn a lot about the the Blue Jackets here before Thanksgiving. So it'd be nice to see us get going.
4: I'd really like to see our name brand players really step up. Like the players that when you think about the Jackets as a, a casual fan, that's who you think of, like the Felinos and... Seth Jones. Atkinsons and Seth. Yeah, I mean, I know people get mad when I say stuff like this, but I just wish that... Seth and Zach would focus more on uh, being defense than shooting. But that also is Torts. Torts wants his defense firing off shots from the point. So I can't really fault the players for doing what their coach is telling them to do.
1: At least PLD has turned into somewhat of a monster this year. PLD is going to get
3: paid next summer. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Yeah, and I know this is, this is kind of a downer podcast considering the team won two out of its three games since we last did this podcast, but I am going to pivot to something positive, objectively positive for everybody in America. The Cleveland Monsters scoring 12 unanswered goals, winning 7-1 over Rockford on Friday before a 5-0 win the next
3: day.
4: It was amazing. <laughs> 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 um, six Tell different us, players... I was going to say,
3: tell us, Elaine, what's it like to be happy?
4: (laughs) It's so amazing. I can't even begin. And then the Cavs won that night, so it was like there was just some sort of magic going on up in Cleveland. (laughs) Um, It was cool, though, because six different players scored their first goal this weekend. And when I was looking up the stats before I came on, because I just wanted to, you know, make sure pretty much everyone has a point like this including Matisse Ted Lennox. <laughs> mm, wow like right so this team is just completely different than last year but not many changes have been made to the roster so it was it was just really nice to see a team just these four lines are just rolling and rolling and they're trying to score and the defense is actually shaping up to be <laughs> very good. I I spent a lot of time talking bad about them, and here they are making these <laughs> words, <laughs> you know, just like Ryan McInnes. <laughs> he had four points this weekend. I think he won almost every single one of his face-offs. I, I'm so impressed with the player that he has become. He... Has come up with beautiful, dreamy like plays, but also blue collar type plays. He has become an all around player. I know last season I was like, why did we even sign him? Actually, this mm-hmm. summer I said it like, why did we yeah. sign him?
1: Number 24 out of 25 it, in our top 25.
4: Yeah. And I was like, he should have been number zero. <laughs> And I'm so glad that he is proving me wrong. And he's even proving scouts wrong because on press row, we sit by all the scouts and a few of them were like, wow, he is playing the best hockey of his life. And one guy was even like, is this the twilight zone? Cause <laughs> they were expecting, <laughs> they were expecting the Ryan McInnes from last year. And when we interviewed him after the game, he was super humble. He, basically gave credit to everyone but himself for his goals and his assists. And I was like, on his goal, he had to skate around someone twice because that person also was falling. And then he managed to get the puck in between this puck-sized opening in the five hole. And he was like, mm. it was just a lucky bounce. <laughs> What's it? <laughs> What's it?
1: <laughs> Maybe it's the Mike Eves effect.
4: I think it is. Wow. <laughs> the Mike the eaves effect. Yeah. But there's a lot of good teams in the north, so that's where it's going to be tough like mm-hmm. Utica hasn't lost yet. I don't think. I think they're like 7 and 0 maybe. Um and then the uh Marlies, the Toronto Marlies were on like a six game win streak and then I think they just lost two games maybe like they but we're doing well, but there's other teams that are doing better. So, mm-hmm. I'm still excited though.
1: <laughs> Good. Good. They have a series this Saturday against Charlotte. They are at home.
4: Friday and Sunday.
1: Friday and Sunday against the Charlotte Checkers. On jacketscanada.com, you can we talked about advanced stats a little bit Will wrote an article that he regrets putting as much work into because the jackets blew it up on Saturday <laughs> with that loss in Philadelphia, but it's very good. Check it out. It, it's about resiliency. PD did cannon blast. Check that out. Uh, kind of a, a roundup of everything jackets over the weekend. And then El Polito did his look at the Metro. Metro's biweekly look at the Metro. All that went up in the past. Well, I guess if you're listening to this podcast, 48 hours So check that out. And of course, Lane's monstrous coverage in addition to all the things that we write about the jackets. All right, we are just about out of time. Let's go around the room for
3: final thoughts. Seeds. First of all, as we're as we're recording, Jack Eichel just scored his 14th point in six home games, which is absurd. I just wanted to note that for the audience because that's nuts. Um, My other final thought, my actual final thought is we've got uh, three games this week. We've got Edmonton on Wednesday, St. Louis on on Friday and Calgary on Saturday. I personally would like to see. Elvis Merzlikens get two of these three games this week. I realize Jonas Corpusau will probably be itching to get back in the net. But I think this would be a good opportunity to get Elvis some uh some playing time. Uh Edmonton, while hot to start the season, has cooled off. They've been shut up twice in the last couple games here. And they're really only playing six forwards. Um yeah. McDavid and Drysidle <laughs> averaged like are averaging like 24 minutes a night, and uh everyone else in their bottom six is averaging 10 minutes or like like between 10 and 12 minutes. So uh, Edmonton, while talented, is top heavy. And then if we could get Elvis one of the games against either St. Louis or Calgary, I think it'd be really nice to see him, you know, play against talented teams. But, you know, teams that might be either struggling or, you know, a little bit injured. So it might be good for his confidence. So I'd like to see Elvis get two games. I doubt he does, but one can hope. One can hope. Elaine.
4: I actually have two of them. First one is, I have to give props to the PA announcer for the Monsters, Jason Sokol, because three times this weekend, he was interrupted while announcing a Monsters goal because the Monsters (laughs) scored another goal, and he just like went with it. Almost every single time, he was like, and with the monster's goal, and then they scored. <laughs> so, um, he was able to like keep, I don't know, I would have been so flustered and he is an absolute pro and a nice guy and just got to give him props. The other thing is the monsters have a new ice coil underneath for the ice and our ice is so, so nice. There, like there weren't many divots or there wasn't many issues with the ice in the past four games that we've had at home. But it is not good for the Cavs because on Saturday night was their home opener and there was a plethora of times, more than 10, that they had to stop the game and clean up condensation on the floor. Yeah, Um, but it was great play for the Monsters because every time the play-by-play guys were like, They're wiping up condensation because the Monsters played earlier today. They won 5-0 and they won 7-1 on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, if they're going to get free free play there, uh, I'm okay with it.
1: (laughs) Nice, nice. Rachel.
2: I just wanted to make sure that everyone saw it was Lilia, Bemstrom, PLD, and Texier dressed up as the cast from Anchorman. And then there's just just this giant fat can of tobacco in Bebstrom's front pocket. And, like, it is just, like, the most amazing personality picture. I feel like I just want to hang out with Pierre-Luc Dubois for, like, 15 minutes. Like, I just feel like he's got to, like, have the best sense of humor and be the funniest guy. And um, this Texier as Brick is, like, the funniest thing. So I just wanted to make sure that everyone went and checked that picture out if they hadn't already seen it. Because it is a riot.
4: PLD has the best best costumes ever. <laughs> it's it <does>. incredible. Speaking
3: <laughs> of, speaking of Halloween costumes, I just opened Instagram to take a laugh at that. And Ryan, former Blue Jacket center Ryan Johansson, just posted a bunch of pictures of yeah. himself dressed as, as Post Malone, Post Malone. <laughs> and it is hysterical. <laughs> like fake tats on the on the forehead and everything. This is
4: oh, he had I'm them scared. on right after practice. He like put up a photo, and he was like, post-practice photo. And I was like, did you wear that during practice? I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs>
3: no, not at all. <laughs> but That's yes, um, Pierre-Luc Dubois is an incredible person, and I would love to just sit down and have a beer with him one night, just to just because it would be right an awesome life experience.
4: I want right. to get into shenanigans with him. I want, like, a night out on the town. That's what I want. I don't want to like sit down. I want to see what shenanigans we can get into.
3: Isn't this his first year being 21? So we might lose him when we go to Vegas, guys. Yeah, we
1: might. Yeah. My man's like going to concerts on the reg. He's always out there. I love it
2: see well that's funny so one of my buddies that uh works on the social team told me that pld travels with his xbox so i like he never struck me as like an an out on the town type of guy but maybe that's just because he's not legal yet
4: god bless pld i want to be friends with him i know
2: me too
3: I wonder if Z will turn him into a music festival guy, because I know Z's big into, like, going to the fest. And Love stuff.
2: Lollapalooza, yeah. yeah.
4: I, want a, I want, like, a summer where all we do is follow both of them around together. Yeah.
3: <laughs> at, at, at Vox Media, can you sponsor this content for the canon uh, yeah. staff?
2: Yeah, right.
3: We'll send an email later. We'll send an
2: email
1: later. My final thought was actually about the social team, the Jacket social team last week, and that win where Cam Atkinson scored the game-winning goal against Carolina. They took uh, their own camera feed, and they posted it on, on Twitter and the social media, and it was just natural sound, no commentary, no announcers, and I loved it so much, and I wish they did more of that. They used to do stuff on Snapchat where they actually had, you know, people ice level and i can see why that, like you wouldn't expend talent to do that because it's snapchat and it's low engagement anyway but i love it i would love to see more like natural sound ice level stuff because it's really cool and i'm very glad they did that so props to blue jackets nhl for for that one last week against carolina
2: well see so most of the time they have to cut the sound because of like expletives and, and things that they shouldn't <laughs> post on social media in the background now that is like people that's like real, me you so. can say it
3: Rachel it's fine.
2: Yeah no <laughs> I'll uh, I'll pass that along though I'll pass that that sentiment along cool. I thought yeah. I think those videos are good too Anthony usually does those really good. all
1: right well that will just about do it for us this week our theme music is green eyes by Angela Pearlie and the Helen Moons. Listen to her album 430. It's streaming everywhere you can find out more at AngelaPerley.com. Rate us on iTunes, leave us a review, listen wherever you get podcasts, tell your friends, send us comments, send us questions. You can comment on jacketscanon.com on the post of this particular episode, and you can find everything we do at jacketscanon.com. From all of us at the Canon, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.